Hey, everybody. Gora, why don't you tell me what we're talking about this week? Well, I'm definitely going to fill you in on my European adventure. I'm going to let you know about uh, what I've been watching on Crave. Oh, and then I think we'll have to make some future Oktoberfest plans. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the show. Can you confirm that? It's filmed in front of a live studio audience. They have 77,000 items in the Vatican Museum. And the lady was saying something that along the lines of, like, if you took 30 seconds to stop and look at everything, uh, and you came 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, it would take you something like six months. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is just her way of being like, that's why we are whipping through this tour in three hours. We're not stopping for everything. I'll stop for the major, like, 25 to 50 items. Yeah. But, like, there's 77 fucking. But that is also, like, wow, they've accumulated a lot for, like, people who wanted to give away to the poor and stuff. Um, like, I hope that they at least paid Michelangelo handsomely for the work he did. Um, no, not really, right? I mean, it was kind of like, come and do this, and if you don't, like, you're in trouble. Smaller. It might be worth a lot now. Oh, jeez. But I just think it's it's like you can't get away. The, the closest thing to, to being the Pope in ancient times in modern days would probably be, like, being the head of Spotify or Apple Music, right? Where it's like you get to, like, squeeze well, the shit no out. Pope. You know what I mean? Like where you, no, but I mean, like, the Pope doesn't have the same power anymore, oh, right? Like, okay. it's not like... Back then, he got to squeeze the shit out of, like, Michelangelo and Raphael and all these other guys to be like, hey, come decorate my fucking palace. And they're like, really, man? Like, we're up in the hills. We're having a good time. Like, we, we like to get drunk with our friends. It's, come to my fucking palace or you will die, right? <laughs> like, it's like, I am essentially king. And I got Swiss guys who've been, like, trained, like, MI6 and SEALs. They will come and get you. That's unfair. And the only people who, like, you know, that's like Justin Bieber now. Like, when Spotify is like, hey, you got to do some, like, shit. He's like, that's fuck, right. fuck. That's, that's why George Clooney showed up at the end of The Flash. There you go. David Zaslaw, oh, okay. modern day Pope. Is that how you wanted it? <laughs> oh, I don't think it was how I wanted it. C Plus Productions proudly presents Can You Confirm That? Starring Gorov Wander and John Brown. Everybody, it's Can You Confirm That Day? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode. We're still here. Series four. Episode four. We're happy to have you. Presumably, this is the last week before school starts. This you would be the play. Labor Day, right? The yeah. Labor Day holiday episode. We've uh, talked about yeah. that before. So I kind of want to know more, Gaurav, about um, your trip. You were... Just in the Holy Land, right? Well, no, maybe not. You were not not in the Holy Land, but you were in, uh, well, maybe, I don't know what to call it, I guess. What What do you mean, the Vatican? Yeah, it's not the Holy Land, is it? I guess Israel is the Holy Land. True. I mean, it is, uh, what is it? It's the headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? Like, it's the, the head offices, right? Like, you know how Amazon's <laughs> set up in Seattle or whatever, right? Right. Like, it's. I, I think the Catholic Church essentially was like, we need a place. Um, it's head off. No. Yeah. Head off. I mean, you look around Jerusalem, it's nice. But do they have, like, the vineyards? Right? Do they have the pizza? 
Um, no. Um, and so you probably did look around and say, Rome's not a pretty bad place. No, I, well, I mean, everybody else. It, it, it is curious, though, that it has, like, the console, uh, like the consolidation of power there, though, right? Like, you can't be an upstart Catholic church and be like, we want to start something different. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, you can't be like the Cape Town squad and being like, we're going to, we're launching this, you know, South Africa South Catholic boys edition. And it's kind of like, yeah, not hey. without the Vatican, you're not. And so that is interesting that after all this time, they still have like a very consolidated sort of like system. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's McDonald's can't even like run the operations out of Philippines properly. Right. They always have to have like a local guy set up like the president of McDonald's Philippines so that he can like kind of come to the meetings in the States, fly back with the mission and all that. Like it's, it's impressive. It's impressive uh, corporate organization. Yeah. The Pope is like the original penny bags for monopoly. Like he, you can't open up other businesses around the Pope. There's no, no, no. there's no Scientology office in Rome. Right, that's it's it's underground. I, not only that, I think the Vatican is just cool in the sense of how they get to like do what they want within a country, right? Like there's there is two embassies from the United States set up in Rome, and one of them is just specifically for the Vatican, like it's kind of you know, it's interesting. And like the the costumes, the Swiss guard are like interesting. Um and like you actually have to be from Switzerland. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, we can confirm, right? This isn't like you actually cannot be just some Belgium guy who is like, I'll dress up. Uh, no. Are you from Switzerland, sir? Then you can. You can't uh, be and Swiss heritage. You must be of Swiss born and heritage, right? Like you can't oh. be not. Uh, it's Which is strange, right? That's a very... Um, Exclusive. Yeah, that's a very like interesting pick you know what i mean like if you were the pope at the time and you're like listen guys we need like some we need like the elite guards uh of the world right like we need like the guys who are going to be able to like keep shit on lock like the swiss are not the first ones that come to mind nowadays are they you know what i mean like it's like neutral is what we call them because we assume they just work on chocolate but apparently the pope has entrusted them i don't know uh, i think i think it's a smart move it makes sense to me. If I'm like a little Italian dude who's doing everything to seem taller, like even my hats are like gigantic, I'd be like looking at these like Adonises with blonde hair roaming around in the Alps and I'd be like, yeah, those guys are going to protect me for sure. Well, no, I just, I figured with all the money they've got and all the power they have that by this point, like the Pope is being guarded by like ex Mossad or like ex CIA black ops, like operatives, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. You know, these guys are just wearing their little fucking curly golden shoes and holding their golden staffs and doing their best. Right. Okay. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, listen, the metal detectors do a lot, right? They can't just like really walk into the museum. Um, you can kind of get into that square thing from the back, but I don't think it's that easy. Right. We have a home video. I mean, I don't think it's playable or if we kept it anymore, but, um, when I was about like 10 to 12, maybe I shouldn't say this, I'll get him in trouble. But my dad, my parents went to Rome and um, my dad brought his camcorder into the Sistine Chapel and they said, oh, you can't have that in here. And he's like, okay, I'll turn it off. And he just 
didn't press the button and then held it down by his waist as he walked around on the tour. So we had like a nasty Sistine Chapel like home video. Fantastic. Yeah, my he was like a total rebel. I mean, he's messing around with guys with swords, right? Like Yeah, I mean in this case, <laughs> uh I mean, you know, they look more like Garda. These guys. Pretty much black right. pant, black shirt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Seemed kind of intimidating, but not really. Not as much Swiss Army Guard as much like Vatican Museum like representative. Um yeah. they I think the idea is like they still have those signs. Yeah. I, my understanding would be like it has to be for no flash, right? Like the lighting I can understand like the flash I can understand will damage a plaster ceiling thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. um I can imagine that. But I think you should be able to just do but I who knows what the reason Ning is now i share you know in kindred spirit with your father here man i, I got my pick yeah. same thing happened i saw them pointing out people and i was like i ain't gonna be dumb enough to put my fucking phone higher enough above my shoulders <laughs> <laughs> this shit gonna be waist high <laughs> and it's just gonna be in selfie mode looking up and i'm just gonna find my way to the center and just look down take a snip and go right yeah um worked out beautifully um <laughs> uh, <laughs> But at the same time, I, I didn't have the flash on. I, and I didn't do what I think what they're really trying to prevent, which is me standing there for 45 seconds trying to get the perfect shot. Right. <laughs> in a room full of like a hundred couple, hundred people who are trying to get in and out of this room as well. Right. Like the tour guide's like, you're in here. You got 10 minutes. Soak it in. Yeah. Uh, meet so me on the other fucking people. side. Yeah, yeah. Right. The idea is like the last thing you need is like a big kerfuffle in the middle because people are trying to get the, like, you know what I mean? Like, listen, there's like, what, 12, I'm doing the, like, I don't know, 16 to 20 murals up there. But the one everybody wants is the creation of Dave right? or Adam, right? Or whatever it is. Um, so I could see how that would be a pain in the ass if you just had hundreds of people trying to fight for that center, trying to get like a 20 second, 30 second perfect shot. Or influencers just, trying to get like, exactly or whatever yeah yeah and that's what i'll say man like influencers don't have my skills right (laughs) you have to be born of uh of uh what your dad is made of or what i am made of which is the the saying here for the gram this is just here for like because i want to i need to do this because you're like i need in the photo i was like i just i need to do this right like you just need to be able to do it and if it works out it works out but um influencers are too busy trying to get the perfect shot where, where, you know, the nuns are just trying to get the, get the shot, right? Like it's more paparazzi work. Yeah. You got it. You got the idea behind influencers. There's no yeah. narcissism. You just want the picture. You don't care if you yeah. look in at it. Yeah. Cause if I did that, that's what gets me yelled at and pointed at and like singled out. And I'm not here to be that either. Right? Yeah. Listen, I got enough fucking social anxiety. You, you know, I, I do not need to be pointed out in the Sistine fucking chapel. <laughs> like <that's... laughs> Anything else interesting happen on your trip? Uh, listen, man, I'm always into sight, sounds, culture, food, right? Like, I like the foods. I like yeah, seeing cool. history. Um, oh, so many things cool. Uh, I didn't. This is, uh, oddly enough, I will say, I only had one bad meal over, like, a nine-day stretch. Mm-hmm. And it was just because... Uh, and because sometimes at 2 a.m. you just want McDonald's, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, I just made the wrong call with the burger. I thought the McRoyal, like the Deluxe in McRoyal Deluxe, I thought it was going to carry a lot of weight. Um, and it really didn't. Oh. And that was disappointing, right? So that's it. Um, but other than that, man, cool stuff. I uh, I did happen to go to the oldest bar uh, 
in Barcelona, Spain. Right, mm. so things cool. ancient-ish and uh, very old. They have not like done much uh, to to update the looks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they perhaps fixed a little bit of plumbing here and there, um, but it's 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 uh, pretty dusty. And, but had been frequented by some of those, uh, you know, the old authors of the time. I'm sure uh, we know that Hemingway and Picasso had been there for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then, you know, Salvador Dali probably, and then up maybe for like F. Scott, even though he was more known to be in Paris most more often than not. But it's like cool, right? Like those are interesting things. Rome had the, you know, their Anything first. Rowling ever there though? Ah, uh, oh goodness. Um, Michael Crichton? <laughs> you know, I would, I bet you he did. I mean, like there's probably, I bet you there's certain authors who have made that journey. Dan Brown? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not all of them, right? But like certain ones, books right? I've read, <laughs> Jonathan Franzen, maybe I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. I'm sure there have been. I think they're like mostly probably what I'm thinking post grad, PhD, doctorate in literature types, right? Yeah. Those would be the guys who've probably made that journey to that bar. Um, felt like that vibe kind of too. Did it? Yeah. But in a in a dirty local kind of way, right? Like it was also very like grimy. It was it was nice. It was it was everything you would have expected for for maybe Hemingway to have drank, right? Like it's Was it a hideaway hideaway for him? Or like why was it like is there something cool about the bar? I would assume it was one of the only ones available, right? Like it, when they say it was one of the first in Barcelona, it was probably one of the only at the time, anyways. Mm. And just probably had the right place for all of them to meet up and kind of do things, right? Like, that's just the beauty of that whole... I mean, Europe's my vibe, right? Like, it's it's just kind of that makes sense pace for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like history enough that I would like to just be able to be surrounded by it enough, like the way that people like to be surrounded by, like, oceans or mountains, right? Like, uh, old architecture with some stories of, like, hey, man, I just... I can't believe they opened a H&M at the same spot that Picasso once did this. You know what I mean? Like, that's interesting. Um, cause you don't get that here, right? They open up a fucking H&M. It's just in the same ass mall that's been there for 40 years. Right. Yeah. I want to, like, celebrate history while I'm purchasing fast, fast fashion, for sure. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, like, I was literally in awe because I sometimes would just be like, man, how much rent do you think that McDonald's franchise pays to be, like, on this street? which is sort of like the Yorkville of Spain or like, or in Rome where it's like this building was probably erected in like 1400. And they just, they have a little sign that says there's 294 additional seats upstairs of this McDonald's. Right. And you're just kind of like, imagine like, and what I'm trying to get is like, there's, there's a guy who works at McDonald's America. McDonald's Canada and stuff, right? And and here comes John Brown, and John Brown's got the money, and he's going to bu- build a franchise in Milton. And he's like, cool, man. I got the designs for that. I've done like a hundred of these in the GTA recently. They all kind of look the same, right? But yet, there's a guy who worked at McDonald's Italy, where his boss came in one day and was like, hey, uh, one of the franchise owners, he got himself three stories in a 14th century building in Rome. <laughs> figure it out hey eh? we, we need to know how the fries are going to get made and all the fucking ventilation we we can't have the city smelling like fries so figure <laughs> it out <laughs> right and it's like they did some guy like that's crazy to me 
Yeah, that actually probably is fun for like the designers and stuff when they have opportunities like that for sure. Yeah, right. So that's that's what I'm getting at. Is like it's that kind of stuff is interesting, like because it's unavoidable. There, it's not like the guy can just be like, "Listen, we'll build a new structure." Because you can't. Right. <clears throat> I've been spending a lot of time on Crave lately. Have Ooh. you been noticing that Crave has been good? Or HBO or whatever. I feel like I've been banging this drum for a little while, man. Since like maybe episode fifty or sixty, where I was like, Netflix on the decline, Crave on the up. Um, You know, it. We all got distracted when Seinfeld left Crave and went to Netflix, but that was like the one big get. That's the one big get for Netflix. And here you've got uh, Crave quietly acquiring, you know, Netflix content too. Stuff you can find on both services, which is interesting. they're doing a good job with the right contracts they have. And I think it's mostly because uh, there is going to, there's not going to be a max in Canada and, yeah. and they have like the foothold on all of that. Plus with Showtime, um, I like it. It's, it's the shittiest of the interfaces. Yes, it is. Yeah. When it, it comes to like whoa. just navigating Fuckers. crap. Yeah. Um, not fun on that. Another issue I have found is that, uh, uh, Offline offline downloads with Crave, not a real thing that works, right? So, for example, if I am traveling and I know I gotta want to watch some Netflix or Prime, I can download those things offline and watch them anywhere, even worldwide. Uh, Crave not not only will not even load while you're in another country, uh, won't even let you like download things offline to watch ahead of time, right? So that's a snag. Now, listen, I also learned that Disney Plus, for some reason, allows you to stream and watch anytime, anywhere in the world. Uh, will let you download offline. But when you try to watch it on the plane, it won't open the app. So snafu there, right? Uh, but Crave, content-wise, killing it. And, uh, yeah, it's on the strength of HBO, mostly, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just there's so much that you can kind of find there, right? I'm going to tell you what I've been watching because there's a spoiler in here for you. Oh, goodness. So I want first thing I want to we, we could talk about, which we sort of already have, is uh, Flash. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so that went to streaming pretty quick. Eh? Yeah, I think it... <laughs> it was like on that on that date, right? Like they got those numbers set out now, where it's like you can do thirty days after theater to like sell it online, and then forty five days after, like fifteen, add another fifteen days, and it can be on a streaming service. And they were like day fifteen, um, right? Like Indiana Jones today has now hit like the the buy at home window. Okay, and, and so the question is, is Disney so desperate that in fourteen days they're going to be like shut that window, we'll put it on Disney Plus, or are they going to? W- push that window another 30, 40 days. Cause they tend to. Um, so that tells you everything about the flash, right? But they didn't even, they were like just dump and run, dump and run. Right. Yeah. Nobody's it buying was... it. Right. Like nobody's going to be buying it in that window of 15 days to make it be like, let's wait 30. Like, no. fuck it. Yeah. Oh, I did watch it. I mean, nobody watched it at the theater, but I, I watched it when it was downloaded. And, uh, it was actually pretty bad. Like I would say that, <laughs> The reviews of, and things yeah. uh, were pretty accurate. Like the like the special effects didn't make sense. Like I know the director tried to uh, justify them and give them context by saying like, "Well, oh, because, and because he's in the speed for for like 
it distorts reality so things look weird and like but that's never explained that that makes sense like we're all just watching it going what's wrong with those babies faces you know what it reminded me of a scene like in curb your enthusiasm where there's like a fire happening and this baseball player needs to catch this baby out of a window. Okay. And, and so they have the baby out the window and it looks like a real fucking baby at that point. But then clearly like it's a doll when it's coming down and hitting the little trampoline that the fire department's got set up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the baby bounces off of and the baseball player has to catch. And that, that was a joke. And like, and you know what I mean? Like at that point you understand, like you're watching a comedy, you get it. So like you, yeah. you forget, you're not asking for it, them to sacrifice a real baby for that shot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you're asking for the team from the flash is to at least like not make it look like you're trying to do that episode. Right. Yeah. It was, it was like, so off putting. It was like late nineties TV special effects in those scenes, some of those scenes. And the thing that makes me think that maybe there's something went awry. It's like they did the, all these, the whoever made the movie or Warner brothers or whatever was like, Oh, all these test audiences love it, love it. It's like reacting, like people are reacting so positively to it. Like, was that either like a lie to trick us into buying a ticket? Or do you think that they changed major parts of the No. So the thing is, if they rush that out, I think if they had done, like, if you go to a test screening that's early cut, yeah. <clears throat> they'll do these things, right? Where they have the black screen with the text telling you, listen, there's no, there's no background music. Mm-hmm. We don't have that yet. Uh, or there's no special effects VFX yet. So what the, the scenes that they see are usually like the actor standing in front of the green screen and stuff. Right. Oh okay. uh, yeah. So like if it was that early in the test screenings, it's viable that like, you know, you test it for a bunch of people in Hollywood who are used to going to test screenings where they understand like what, what, what is missing and what it could be. And they all walk out saying, yeah, yeah, it's good. It'll be fine. Right. You can take that, but then you can also like not finish. And then you end up with like the final test screenings could have been a different, they could not, they right. could not be telling us that. Right. Like, right. So maybe they would have said to the test audience, like, <clears throat> and now the flash saves a bunch of babies and, and they're like, Ooh, we like that flash saving babies. I'm sure that'll be awesome looking. Yeah. Right. Because there, I saw in, on YouTube, a guy had like a, a video drop of, an alternate ending at a different test screening where like most of it, the movie was done. So they would, this would have been like a later test screening where all that stuff's kind of done. Um, but the ending did not have spoiler, spoiler, right? Um, it had a different thing and it was just, who knows? But I, I mean, the movie was, I felt it was disjointed, right? Like, um, did you watch say, the whole thing? Let me know. Tell me. I did. You. I did. I finished yeah. it. Right. I listen, man. I listeners, this was not a shining moment for me. Okay. <laughs> um, we try, I tried uh, a message, John. I said, okay, I'm going to, I gave up quickly. I yeah. turned to other things I wanted to catch up on. Uh, I attempted it again, follow like in that same night for a few minutes. And it was like, you know what? No, I'll, I'll come back to this. <laughs> there was just anytime a moment would happen that would make me go, Ugh, that was enough for me to turn it off. And then the just third so you time guys I know, just yeah. so you guys know, when Gorov says, oh, yeah, you know, I'll come back to this. He's never going to come back to it. Like, if but he's I did. it off twice, he, yeah. that's pretty much game over. Just so <laughs> It is. But, I mean, I was in a place uh, where I messaged you and I said, listen, I might put one too many back tonight and see if I get just bottled eye enough to want to actually watch the whole thing to the end. And I did. 
and I did. Yeah. Good for um, you. I'm proud. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know if it's a great thing that I knew I'd have to be in a certain state of mind just to get through it. Right? That that that's probably speaks of like, uh, what is that called? Like some sort of like minority report depression kind of thing where it's like you can see it coming, so you just get ahead of it. Yeah. Um, and boy, oh boy, uh, by the time that movie was over, I was like, I'm glad I, you know, didn't sit through this in a perfect state because it was not fun, right? Like it was just disjointed. Um, Cameo City. Cameo City and oh my goodness, like bad CGI, like just Nicolas Cage, you poor bastard. You didn't even need to show up. I was surprised at how good Christopher Reeve looked, but I mean, imagine that that's actual footage they have. So if you can, if you're going to fuck up footage, then that's on you. But like to create Nicolas Cage made no fucking sense. Um, just pay the man. Like, you know, he's broke. He'll show up for fucking 500K. Right. Shoot him. Shoot his fucking actual face. Like, he'll do it. Right. Like. It, it's not like he's so unattainable. It's not like you were like reaching for like Brad Pitt or something. And like, you know, he's not going to show up. So you're just right. going to CGI it or something. Yeah. Um, sure. There was enough money in the budget to get that one done. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I love Michael Keaton. That's why I watched. Right. Right. Like that. The only reason I really stuck it through was just like, I like Michael Keaton so much as just a fucking human being and actor that like, there's no way that like, he didn't like there's no way right and then as i watch it i'm like oh my god he totally just way yeah he got a big <laughs> check for this one right like it's got to be what five to ten mil he probably got this for right like because it was catchphrase city <laughs> and about that's about like you know what I mean? like it was just like can you come say these six seven fucking lines that you are known for uh and we'll pay you like 500k a line and that's not the Bruce- be a great day did you uh, did you understand it to be the Bruce Wayne from the Tim Burton Batman eighty nine? Because he didn't move like that in those movies. So is it just yeah. a Bruce Wayne that looks like Michael Keaton? Uh, possibly, but I mean, he had all the same gear. Yeah, right. Like the cave was the same, the car. But I mean, you could say it's just a fucking slight variant. Sure, yeah. maybe. To, but, to uh, me, it has to be to be any knows? better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or he really like. After the whole Joker thing, man, he, like, really dedicated himself to getting better. Um, right? Like, the thing is, we don't know. We only saw him up till, like, the Penguin with DeVito. Yeah. Uh, possibly in the third one, he had, like, taken, like, you know, summer BJJ camps or something. and came back as an MMA artist. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's learned. <clears throat> he's, like, fighting in the M- MMA. Yeah. Tournaments he, and stuff like that, yeah. The Christian Bale approach of, like, <laughs> learning your moves, right? in a cave somewhere um i man uh i don't want to get too deep into like controversy city but um they are yeah a horrible actor yes you know what i mean like ezra is just not i understand like that one movie i think it was like perks of being a wallflower or something Mm -hmm. where like the entire character is made to be awkward anyway so it kind of worked um but like that's like, everybody's a good actor at that age, right? Remember, we used to love Michael Ciro when he was, like, 17 doing Juno, right? Like, um, we love them all. Efron doing, like, shit with De Niro. It's like, oh, look at the cute little boy. Or, like, when he did that Matthew Perry movie where they were both, like, 17. But it's just, like, this uh, is uh, not talent. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where it's, like, you got to be really thankful that it didn't take off because... 
you don't want to be stuck with that character. Like the flash being played by like Ezra just didn't seem right anyways. Yeah. It's good to recast. Yeah. I think they're, I think they know James Gunn seems to know he's seen some of this stuff before it's hit the things, right? Like he seems to really like the Cobra Kai kid for blue beetle, but who's going to go see it? Really? We don't know people. The the critics like it. The people who've seen it. Right? Oh yeah, it's out. I mean, the thing is, it's not making any money, right? But like the ten people who went to go see it loved it, based on their like IMDb or whatever, right? Like it's and critics seem to like it, but like nobody's going to see it. And yeah. this is just this is what happens when like you you put out like all the stuff that DC has put out. That even the attempt at like we're gonna show you guys a new thing. This is not Metropolis. It's not Gotham. It's What's it? I don't even know. Century City or some shit like in Texas. It's something, right? No idea. Yeah, from yeah. the comics apparently. Um, and so it's like, okay, let's go. Let's take a look. And it's, I might go check it out. Like I don't know on a Tuesday. I got two for one passes. You mean like all that stuff makes it so it's not such a horrible experience, even if it's bad. But like it's apparently not. Um, James Gunn just destroyed those so. movies by saying, and now. With Superman Forever, or whatever it's called, is the official yeah. start. Like, who cares until then? Then, so that's exactly right. And I think my theory is that if this movie is as good as people think it is, like critically or whatever they're saying, um, like I'll pull it up real quick and give you the answers here. But my theory is that hey, it it doesn't have to do well right now uh, because if Gunn does believe, it might not be horrible. For, let's say, I don't know, you see Blue Beetle show up in the post-credits of the new Superman. And for guys like you and I to be like, oh, shit, I think that's on Crave. Yeah, but by the time... Maybe I'll go back and check it out, right? Because it is what it is, right? Like By the time there's like a Avengers event in the DCEU, though, Blue Beetle's going to be 37 years old. Like it's No, no, but I mean, it doesn't even have to be. It could just be setting up Blue Beetle 2, which could be the real moneymaker, right? Because they didn't put a... It, this is their Ant-Man apparently, right? Like they didn't put a lot of money into it anyways, right? Like critically, it's got a 78% audience score, 92%. And that's, oh, that is from 2,500 plus ratings, but like people, 2,500 people have gone. <laughs> the only ones apparently, right? Like money wise, it's just not there, right? They're diehard, like, right? If right? you're going to that, you're a fan. You're like a blue beetle fan. Or in this case, you're, you're probably of Latin heritage, right? Like it is marketed the way, um, you know, Black Panther was to a certain audience and how Captain Marvel was to a certain audience. Like George Lopez is the uncle, right? Like it's all, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just built that way. And I would say it's unfortunate that maybe like folks didn't like, you know, come out like the way they should, the way they should have. Like, I don't know. Maybe it'll make money. And you know I mean like uh, it's, it's one of those, I, I read an interesting stat about how Christopher Nolan movies rarely ever, hit number one or stay at number one, but he consistently is just like the number two at the box office for like 10 weeks in a row. Right. Like there's always a movie that might be bigger that week, but he'll always be number two. And like, it might not be a horrible thing for blue beetle where it's like, Hey man, we're just hanging around three and four. We're making our five, six mil week. And eventually we're going to end up at like 90 and people will be like, Hey, it actually made money. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like that happens from time to time. Right. Like, right. Maybe cause word of mouth will get people to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I've been so I watched The Flash, not great. I've all, I've been also watching uh, 
Um, Tacoma FD. Have you ever heard of that show? <laughs> the fire, it's, isn't it like kind of like Reno 911, but with fire yeah, department? Bro- Brooklyn 99, but fire guys and like Broken yeah. Lizard. Some of the Broken Lizard dudes are the Yeah, rising. so then it's like, it's definitely more like Reno 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Not a lot to say about that, but it is funny. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of Super Troopers or Beer Fest or Club Dread or any of that, those, then you'll probably like it. And then the other one I wanted to tell you about, the mm-hmm. the surprise for you is that I've been watching Winning Time. Oh, and I, how far into go. it are you? See, you're far? happy. I, I think uh, I'm on the third episode. Um, okay. I watched the first two last night. Hey, man, you're in. That's all that matters. Yeah, but... and it, it's very good. Right, Very it's gonna good. get better, man. Season two is more fun as well. Like the actors are really into their roles. I just, I love the costume design. I love the authenticity to the time period. I think John C. Riley's killing it. There's the best. Yeah. There's a scene in, in season two, episode two, I think that will. Oh, there's will... already a season two. Oh yeah, season two's in, man. Oh, We're into I'm episode three or behind. four. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I I told you about the show as soon as I knew. Like I'm watching season two. Like I'm in. I've watched it. Uh, I think you'll be ready for it. Like, I like to recommend the show um, almost as the new season's coming, mm-hmm. right? So that if you do like it, you're going to go right through it and be excited about where you're going, right? Like, the idea is, like, now you know there's a season two. I have, Oh, I really want to finish it. Versus, cool. like, when you recommend a show to somebody and you're like, watch these 12 episodes. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a season two. It might be in six months or it might be in 18 months, right? Like, that's so hard for me to be like, well... I got all the time in the world to finish this now, right? Oh, so, like a way? Like a way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or even like if you just recommend like anything and you don't know. Yeah. Right. And then it's like there's no nothing there. There's no uh there's no fucking carrot at the end of the season for me. So yeah. this way, now you know. Now you know that season two, episode two, the monopoly scene might be one of the fucking best things I've ever seen on television in my life. Oh, okay. Right? Well, we're not there yet, but um I'm excited. It, it, this to me, John C. Riley is the, one of the greatest actors in Hollywood, and maybe yeah. underrated a little. Like I remember, uh, I was a big fan of the <laughs> the Dewey Cox story. You know that Walkhard or whatever is one. Yeah, Walkhard. And I remember a review or something yeah. that I heard that said that if there was an actual biopic about this musician, like John C. Riley is the kind of actor they would hire to do a real biopic. Like he's got all of the chops. He can act, he can sing, he can do it all very well. Like he's worked with Scorsese and he's worked with Will Ferrell. Yeah. Like yep. He's done it all. And he's like perfect. Like, I mean, it's amazing watching him be so charismatic. <clears throat> he's so good in it. And the thing that hurts me is that it's like, um, indirectly, is a cause for why we'll never see like a Step Brothers two, right? I don't know if you know this drama, but this is what I'm here for, John. I read the oh. headlines, so you don't have to. Right? Tell me, yeah. Uh, the the hot goss, as they say on the streets, um, is you know like why why don't like why wasn't Will Ferrell in Don't Look Up and stuff like that? Is because Adam McKay and him had a falling out. Okay. And they do, they're not to say that, I think Adam McKay is kind of of the mind of like, I'm sorry and I regret it and I wish Will would be like friends again, right? Um, 
But Will's not friends with either of them right now because he was the guy who took the L.A. Lakers story and wanted to play Jerry Buss and got McKay involved and HBO on board. And and then they decided to go with John C. Riley. Mm. Right. So because it's the idea is it would have maybe have just been a little bit different the other way around. Right. Yeah. So when he casted John C. Riley over Will Ferrell, it was kind of like Ferrell was like, well, fuck you. I'm done with you then. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I feel like it's just, there could have been so many more, opportunities and maybe he just handled it wrong you know what i mean like but fuck man like the thing is i had already had a spec script in mind for stepbrothers too and it was going to be called stepfathers right um and you can already see where that's going they're both going to be fathers right <laughs> like uh anyways that would have been such a great movie <laughs> but well, i'm glad you're watching i'm glad you're watching and i'm, I'm hoping that this will make it so that your uh, nba 2k 23 player uh <laughs> Has like now you've got insight. Now you understand his off off court dynamics and and the locker room culture. What you got to do to win? Oh yeah, the worst part of the game again, reminding me of it. Anyways, I am enjoying that show and I'm excited to watch more of it. It's fun, man. I'm yeah. excited to tell you. That's I waited great. all day. I waited all day to break that news to you. That's great. I'm so happy you are. Um, listen, man. There's a little. Don't worry. Get through season one. It won't be as black in season two. Like that's where Larry Bird takes over a bit. Um, well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm I just fine you know, with it. <laughs> uh, that's good. I've watched like, both Black Panthers. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when somebody tells you, it's like, I don't know. The wire wasn't really for me. Right. And you're kind of like, okay, I get it. I get oh. it. <laughs> Didn't really get into the Baltimore crime scene. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. It's unfortunate, right? Well, I mean, listen, it's it's sad that we won't see another Holmes and Watson, but I think it's also great that we won't see another Holmes and Watson. <laughs> yeah. We don't need another Holmes and Watson. We really don't. We really we didn't don't. even need the first one. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I like John C. Riley, man. He's he's everywhere. He was even in like licorice pizza. Like, you know what I mean? He pops up in movies from time to time too where you don't expect him. Mm-hmm. Um so good for him. Good for him. He's I'm glad in. you're watching. I'm glad you're watching. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. So coming up, I've heard a lot about it this year. Oh, okay. And I don't think we've done an episode yet on it. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Have we talked about Oktoberfest before? I don't think we have. Yeah. I don't know. I So I grew up on this fucking event. <laughs> Did you know? Like I'm way over Oktoberfest. So I, I you know, I'm a Dune kid. We've said Dune before. No one knows yep. what that means. But yep. basically it's like an old older city in Kitchener. And as a lot of pe- our listeners know, Kitchener was like a very German influenced or whatever city. <laughs> and um It was it, we can say it, man. It's where the Germans went to hide. Um <laughs> after World War One. They I'm came not and German. they by the they way. called the place Berlin for fucking hunt, like 30, 40 years. The damn city was called Berlin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, like, listen, like, if you run along that entire 401 stretch, uh, you'll understand that we're not very creative in Ontario with our cities. And it was kind of like a bunch of Brits settled by the border and we're like, Windsor. Yes. Uh, and we're like, oh, look at the ones who don't want to be by the border. <laughs> London. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we didn't get very creative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But good old Berlin. 
definitely um, a thing, man. It was a thing. Kitchener is not in the throes of it now, right? I would have to say, like, over time, right? Like, we've had a I, – I don't speak for the region anymore, but there was a time where I was of the <laughs> KW region. And I feel when I was in the KW region, you had a um, – I would say just a healthy mix of the German population, like, ancestrally, right? Like, my, my neighbor was – yeah. Um, I think he was actually perhaps Belgian, um, but it counted, right? <laughs> um, so you, I mean, you know what I mean when I say this, it's like you kind of have to throw the Belgians, the Austrians, and the Germans all in together because there was okay. a there was a nice mixture of them all, and they kind of fell under the Germanic banner. Right, they all um, eat sauerkraut, right? There you go, and then <laughs> and then came in our our good friends with the uh, uh, the Portuguese, who kind of found their their way out to the KW region as well as uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, folks from Newfoundland. So yeah. eclectic little region. Uh, and then of course, all the immigrant population that kind of shows up from all over the place, right? And it's very different because I remember Oktoberfest in the 80s and 90s. But I'm really curious as to what it's like in the 2020s. Well, first of all, I do speak for the region. The whole region, I speak for them. <laughs> well, of course. I brought up that, you know, I went to Dune Public School. And basically all that means is that every October, Uncle Hans, who is like the mascot of Oktoberfest, that orange dude with the red nose, like the obvious drunk German man, um, would come like to my... Healthy Pinocchio is what it always looked like, right? <laughs> He'd come to my my friggin' assemblies and stuff like that. Like I've been having Oktoberfest since I was a nine year old kid. And that's uh, wonderful. So I I couldn't tell you what it's like in twenty twenty three because I haven't been to Oktoberfest or given a shit about it in like fifteen years probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do like the food. <laughs> right. My my first uh, uh, knowledge of Oktoberfest and it even being a thing comes from uh, being, I think, like perhaps eight or nine years old, living in Hamilton, Ontario, right? Like I'd not made it to the big cities of the KW region until I was about a teen. So in my early years, I remember watching a uh, a wrestling pay-per-view on a VHS and they had done this pay-per-view in Germany during Oktoberfest. Um, and they explain the rituals. And uh, then I moved to the KW region and lived through the high school, college years of like, oh, Oktoberfest. Um, and and then you learn that it's, you know, globally, the KW one is actually, I think, ranked third or fourth largest. I think it might be second still. Yeah, it might, but it might be. Like, I don't think there's anything else. Like, the, the official one that sort of changes uh, locations in Germany uh, is obviously the Munich one that they pick like a place. Um, so then KW is probably second, third. Like I don't see Austria holding on to that crown anymore as like there being a Vienna one or anything. So it's fantastic. Um, but John, you tell me if I'm wrong about my assessment of what Oktoberfest is. <laughs> is it really not just like a craft beer and food truck fest? Oh, that that's interesting that you brought it up that way. Because what I was thinking about telling you is that, like, one of the things that kind of always sucked about Oktoberfest, growing up, like, when I fir- could first go to Oktoberfest, like, as a 19-year-old kid in KW, is that 
Oktoberfest was hosted by the German clubs, and there was like four or five of them in KW at the time. And it was also like hosted in downtown Kitchener, and it was sponsored by Molson. So when you think of Oktoberfest and you think of like all these Germans like toasting and Prost and like clinking their delicious German beers together, and then you go and it's like, yes, would you like Canadian? Like, a, a pint of Canadian, like the friggin' maybe the worst beer that we have in Canada. It's like Molson Canadian. I'm sorry no, if you're like no, a Molson no. stand. Hold on, but... hold on. Take that back. Labatt Blue is still fucking sold in certain places, man. Yeah, hey, Post Malone likes Labatt Blue, <laughs> so it gets more cred than no one. No one's like in Molson. I don't think. Listen, you go, you go to fucking where Post Malone buys his Labatt Blues. Molson Canadians yeah. also on the import list. I assure you. <laughs> For sure. But anyways, the point is, it was never that great because it was skunky. It was still skunky. You were, it wasn't craft beer. So now in, in Kitchener, uh, most of the German uh, houses or whatever they were, whatever I called them, are closed down. Like they just, the German clubs, they're closed down. Like the Transylvania Club, which mm-hmm. was cool, closed down. The Schwaben Club which was okay, is now a homeless shelter. Like, a few of them all, like, have closed, and there's just Concordia Club. And then Bingaman's does a um, a big Oktoberfest. And Bingaman's isn't, isn't like, part of KW Oktoberfest, so they don't have to serve Molson, so they actually have good beer. Yeah, that was my question, because that was always the big one, right? Everybody always wanted to be at Bingaman's. That was kind of the... Yeah, it's big now, because most of the clubs are gone. Yeah, and it Schwaben. has. I remember Schwaben. I used to go to that Schwaben Club one, yeah. like year to year. Like, right by like... Lo- Red Lobster in Kitchener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a homeless shelter now. So they're not doing Oktoberfest here. Well, in their own way, they are. <laughs> they're doing it every night. <laughs> hey man, that's a nickel and dime joke, there, folks. Okay. <laughs> um. So Bing- okay, so Bingamins has cool beer. And, you know, the food would be the same wherever you go. You're getting a, le- a little bit less, like, it's not a, it's not in, like, a cool German club. Which The other German club that's open or left is still Concordia, which didn't feel as good as, like, like you said, Schwaben or Transylvania. Those were, like, small little clubs. They felt like yeah. a real cool scene when you were in Oktoberfest. And now it's just sort of big venues. It's, it's kind of lost some of its uh, heart, I think. Bit more of a beer fest, like the movie vibe, then, right? Totally. Like, totally like I, I'm not, I'm not against it. Um, listen, I'm sure it grows in its own ways. Like, I like the Munich one looks like it's a, just a shit show of beers too, right? But it's just, Good beer. I think it's, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> listen, um, yeah, I'll tell you this: if Molson was still sponsoring, I, I would have a might. no, but like, I mean. I would still have a pretty darn good option list, right? Because don't forget, these guys have been going out gobbling up every little craft brewery these there days, is. Yeah, for right? sure. For right? Sure. So nowadays, you want like a freaking Mad and Noisy or a Mad Jack, Hop Valley. That's all Molson, right? Like uh, even my favorite of the recent one, Bose, the good old Lug Tread boys. They just got picked up, and I believe it's by the other guys, right? Like it's there's just nothing left, right? Like it's. <clears throat> It's all just two big beer companies, and they buy up everything. And every mm-hmm. little craft brewery that starts up and does something is looking to do two things. Supply some restaurants, 
and get bought out. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's it. That's it. Just acquire us and acquire us once we're like a foothold like foothold on like most venues, right? That's like, a good point. It's a good point to make because my memories when I was 20, you know, whatever, going to Oktoberfest, there wasn't the, the craft brewery thing hadn't happened yet. So there's probably yeah. a lot more options now if you're going. Right, right. And I mean, that's when everybody's like, oh, I'm, I'm so over Molson Coors and all these beer companies. I'm buying a Vizzy. And it's like, <laughs> hate to tell you, <laughs> right? But it's like Vizzy. Owned by Molson Coors, right? Like, that's just what it is, right? Like, it's there's not much you can do about it. Records, that's what, you know what I mean? And the thing is, it's harder and harder to find the ones you used to like. Like, a good old Records Red is hard to find sometimes in a beer <laughs> store nowadays. And it's mostly because Molson Coors is like, screw it. Like, we're just going to kill that one off a little bit. And mm-hmm. people just find the Coors Banquet Record close Red. enough, right? Like, uh, or that kind of, like, uh, like, who still drinks a fucking Molson Export? Right or like Molson Dry, those are the sad ones, right? Like those are that's where you're just holding on, um, you're just holding on for dear life because <laughs> we knock it. But the the idea is like we buy Budweisers because we hate Canadian, but in the states they buy Canadian because they hate Budweiser, right? Right? Like it's just it doesn't matter where you are. It's just it is what it is. See, it, it, I mean the Europeans got some decent beers. Selection. Do we buy Budweiser? Do our listeners buy Budweiser? Maybe. Let no, me know. No, but I mean, like, if you're, yeah, I, I mean, if you walk in to, uh, let, let, hey, if you're a slow pitch softball tournament and, like, somebody's like, hey, man, you're grabbing the beers, they're not grabbing a case of Canadian generally. They'll grab a case of Budweiser. The beer is right. the fucking same, mm-hmm. right? It's the exact same beer in that bottle, right? The label's different. Like, you, maybe you can go a little bit up water to, like, Miller Genuine, but then, like, Really? I mean, like, it's, there's so few of the other big, large um, craft breweries that are still kind of left standing. Have you ever been to uh, Rocktoberfest? Rocktoberfest? Isn't that just Molson uh, Coors' version of the Edge Metal Fest? Uh, I don't, <laughs> yes and no, I don't know. <laughs> it used to be held at, like, um, Queensmount, which is like a school auditorium. <laughs> And, oh, okay, um, you got Romeo Sex Fighter coming out for this one this year, buddy. This is a big one. Oh, we have friends in that band. You, you that's, know one of them. That's what I mean. I'm yeah. looking at it. This is uh, the Polka King, King Walter Ostenek, and more. Yeah. The, so Rocktoberfest the was, like was like a band thing. So I've seen Big Sugar at Rocktoberfest. I've seen the Trues at Rocktoberfest. Like, that was kind of a cool version, I guess. It was just like a concert and then... On the sidelines was like Molson and hot dogs. <laughs> right. Listen, uh, maybe we'll go. Maybe this becomes a thing. Maybe, maybe can you confirm that as a road show? Um, <laughs> perhaps we're going to have to put together like a production touring company. And what we'll do is we're going to hit up uh, Rocktoberfest. Uh, we're going to hit up Oktoberfest KW style. And then uh, we can make our way over to the Munich one. Uh, and taking both. Listen, it'll work out. Uh, Munich is September 16th to the October 3rd. Uh, gives us plenty of time to come back and wrap up between October 4th to 14th for the KW one. Do a little bit of comparison of October fists around the world. That could be interesting. Well, what what I'll say to that. Buy us a coffee, guys. Buy us a coffee. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah. The, what I can say to our listeners about that is 
If you can subscribe or follow our podcast to stay tuned for updates on if and when we're going to go, that would be best for you guys because I'm sure we'll be dropping hints throughout the next year because we're a year away from planning all those trips again. Oh, we're you too, want to do we're next late. year's? Okay. Yeah, we're okay. too late. We're too late now. I, I think we're sold out. I think we're just too I'm, late. I will so, be genuine with you on this. <laughs> I think we would make a fantastic travel show. Right? <laughs> okay. I think the, the, the way me and you would probably travel would irritate, like, and enthrall. Us? No, okay. oh, I, like, right? Because I, I don't know how you travel, right? Like, I know how I travel. Like, I know how I pack, and I know how others pack. I know some people take, like, my sister, for example... Uh, you know, if she's flying out on the 12th, uh, she will have started packing on the 2nd. Uh, she'll have 10 days of just, like, making sure her shit's right. Uh, if I am flying out at 10 p.m., John, I am packing at 5 p.m. <laughs> right? And it's just years of experience of just knowing how to pack. That's my way. That's how I do it. And it, both styles work. I assure you, both people will have forgotten one item, right? No matter <laughs> what. Um and it is just what it is. And I bet you we'd have different ways of approaching that, uh, different ways of dealing with like transportation and lodging. Um, all those things would be fun while we, uh, you know, go take in a Munich Oktoberfest. And uh, perhaps I, I drag you to like a European football game. Uh, that's soccer for you, John. Um, and uh, you can take in that cap. atmosphere, right? Yeah. Oh, but like go take in one of those real atmospheric ones, right? Like the things. Um, you know, do as the Romans do, as they say. Um, or as I was saying the entire time, it's like, well, when near Rome and then <laughs> when in Rome, uh, it's, it's just, it could be fun, man. And then if we do this well, it all builds up to the Vatican's 100th anniversary in 2029. And who knows? <laughs> Maybe we have a one-on-one interview with the Pope for the, can you confirm that? Whoa. Now that's. Uh, that's optimistic. a that's a get that's a big yeah. get yeah that would be a yeah that's right i don't know if he's made an a podcast appearance like has he even done rogan i don't even know like <laughs> uh, i don't know man francis is pretty chill i'm sure he's out there. i'm pretty he's probably got his own thing like the pope talks every sunday 9 a.m like dropping before the sermons um but i think listen set the goal man 2029 february 11th that's their 100th anniversary perhaps if we write the emails now we can book them yeah okay well you uh start drafting them yeah. and um i'll send them <laughs> yeah the the uh can you confirm that gmail yeah right that'll be interesting and if he and if he happens to reach back out um no talk of the picture in the chapel right <laughs> right of course uh, yeah yeah i'm sure he won't screen us first <laughs> yeah, social media scrub interview is off all right yeah. well but post that picture so we can see it Oh, it's up there, buddy. It's up there oh, for, uh, it's up there on my thing, Imajiki. You can find it there in the nice hidden galleries. Right? Like, oh. that's the idea. I mean, I will be safe. I just will not accept the friend request from the Pope. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> Francis started following you. <laughs> nope. Confirm or delete. Delete. <laughs> but it's like, he sort of looks like him, but he's in like a red hoodie and he's like, what? Like trying to trick you, like it's his, it's his like fake account or whatever. This is like, yeah, exactly. It's a spinster, right? Like started from <laughs> Argentina, and now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, oh man, I, I think he would be a great interview to be honest. Him holding the soccer ball or something. 
We'd have to get like a Latin translator or something. <laughs> we could find oh, a way. We could time. find a way. I'll, I'll download the app. We can, uh, uh, Duolingo or whatever. I can learn that. <laughs> Though that that Google Live Translate on the fly is like it's actually pretty fucking good. So yeah. No, oh, yeah. Um, I wasn't sh- okay. So there's fantastic innovations in the Google front that I, I did not. You don't learn some of these things until you travel and you need them, right? First off, Google Translate with the fucking camera is legendary, my friend. As in, like when I was trying to re- figure out what this receipt said. Uh, all I had to do was like put my camera on the receipt and it took all the words and it turned it into English like oh, fucking cool. magic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when you're on narrow streets where you don't understand what they're called and like you're using, right? yeah. and you know, man, and like the next one, even better, Google maps has a little toggle thing now on the bottom. So like, you know how you're used to looking at Google maps? Yeah. It is forever changed. If you're walking around on streets, you don't understand. Right. So, when you have your phone flat, and I'm going to show you, uh, listeners, it's just think about it. If it's horizontal and flat, what you see is just the streets, the little arrow, the blue dots you're following if you're on a walking thing. Um, but perhaps you don't know which direction you're going in. They got the toggle that does live street camera. You turn your phone upright as if you're taking a selfie of yourself. And Wait. You- turns into real augmented reality with blue fucking 3d arrows just being like go this way dude and in 30 meters you're going left and there's an arrow and this is on the real world that you're walking through it was insane that's cool that makes me want to try it just walking around downtown kitchener there you go (laughs) why not that's cool it was uh fantastic that and the translate um you can do the live one like where it's just you hold your phone out and it just goes, um, which is fantastic for if you just want to know what the waiters are saying about you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. That was the only I, use case for me because I was never going to sit there and be like saying something in English and then waiting for my phone to say it in Italian. Like that's just stupid. And I wasn't going to be like speaking to my phone and then it will tell me what you said in English. Like that's also weird. Uh, you're but just recording fan- the conversations. You can put it into conversation mode. Yeah. Which is just essentially like it's just listening for everything, and it's it's fantastic. It's like wow. Whisper two thousand, but for languages of every kind, like C three PO's language, right? Like that's just fantastic. Um, a little travel tip for all of you that uh, are worried about languages get and into cultures. Those Google, right? Yeah, those Google apps. You got to get yeah. into them. Like Google <clears throat> Lens is really cool too. That's what, yeah, Lens is like what was built into the Translate to read the receipt and be like, this is what how much the plastic bag just cost you. Cool. Um, it was fantastic. It was um, it's one of those things, right? Like I, I like to. I know that there's a lot of folks who just like to travel to places where they speak the same thing, right? Like resort culture, which is like, yeah, you can say you were in Cuba or the Dominican or Haiti or something, but everybody there was speaking English because they're paid to, and you didn't leave the whole, the resort, right? Um. <laughs> London, right, or England, right, Scotland, anywhere where they speak English as, like, their natural first language anyways. Um, those are interesting, but I, it's always more fun to just kind of show up at a place where, like, the signs make no sense. <laughs> and by the time you're leaving, the signs kind of make sense, right? Like, you're kind of figuring it out now. You're like, okay, I don't need to see Formaggio again to know that they're not talking about cheese, you know? They're talking about cheese, right? It's just, like, certain things. Um but that's that's kind of the fun part of it. And hopefully we can take this little fucking thing on the road. 
Well, I guess you'll pick the first destination because I haven't been. I've been to Cleveland. <laughs> do they speak English there? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Most of them, most of them do. Yeah. Let me let me tell you a story of a meme I just saw today, and it's uh, it's, it's a it's a. This is going to sound racist, but hey, man, the whole video was meant to be kind of actually. Um, but don't blame me. Blame the tourism board who created it. Okay. Um, uh, you've got a uh, an Asian man. To be specific, I'm going to say China. I'm not going to say China man. He's just a man from China, okay? Uh, and I'm telling you this because he says it himself. And he's sitting beside an old, uh, whitish, grayish-haired man. Uh, and and Chinese guy looks over to the old guy and, and starts speaking in a language that makes no sense. Uh, and then the old man looks at him and starts speaking back and saying things. Now, the subtitles will tell you that a man from China has recently come to this country called Ireland. And to prepare for his trip to Ireland, he learned to speak the native tongue. Irish, Gaelic, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so he's speaking Gaelic with this old man. And the old man says, it's very impressive that you can speak Gaelic because not even the locals here speak Gaelic. Uh, and then the Chinese man says, what? Uh, because I wanted to make sure that people were comfortable. So I learned a language. Uh, and I and then the old man says, well, thank you for doing so. You've made my old heart very proud. Uh, uh, cut to the bartender, uh, Irish young lad like ourselves. Uh, and he says uh, about the old man to his colleague. Did you know that Hal spoke Chinese? <laughs> and then oh, it said uh, tourism sorry, Ireland. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I get the joke. They oh, didn't of course. Like, yeah. Yes. All right. Isn't that fantastic? Um, and on that note, <laughs> geez, don't learn a language that they're not going to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it, that's like um, Welsh. Nobody speaks like right? Welsh. Yeah. Right? Like, would you want to learn Celtic to go to Scotland? Or do you oh. just want to learn how to like speak drunken Scotch? Language. Yeah, it's just, just like, yeah, poor, another, and that's it. You're good. I right? swear more, basically. Exactly. A little more. I mean, it's just all. The only one I'd want to learn is Cockney. Yeah, which is pretty impossible to learn, I hear. It's really not that hard, and I'll tell you how. You just got to buy the uh, special edition Snatch uh, two-disc DVD it. collection. Put the special features in uh, where they got the Cockney slang dictionary guide, uh, which will teach you how to teach you how to Cockney. It's fun. I actually do have that, and I've watched that, but I think it's always changing, so I think that's why, like, you can't learn it. Oh, it's ever-evolving. Yeah. That's right. Don't worry, man. I try to, I try to keep my ear to the street with, the, with all the, the rap, hip-hop, UK grime scene. Right. right? Eating Baz, they, do they rap in Cockney? Mm, kind of. But, I mean, like, I don't mean, like, <laughs> not, not, to, not to big up just how young I am at heart, but, like, People are into the whole Doja Cat song by Central C, and I like kind of played that shit out six months ago. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> okay. fine. It's fine. Oh, who's doing the intro to Winning Time? What? Who's what? Who's that? It's like oh, an intro song. Yeah, yeah. You like that intro? Like Mos eh? or something? It's an old tune, actually. Yeah, I but, thought it was Mos Def, but I don't know. I didn't. There's got to be a uh, Google app to yeah, or whatever, right? I can get that for you real quick with the the Google fingers we use. Um, it's uh, called My Favorite Mutiny by The Coup. Oh. 
Oh, the coup. Wow, geez, I don't know who that is. Oh, we're going to find out. Um, the coup have been active since 1991. Uh, they are an American hip-hop band from Oakland, California. Uh, frontman Boots Riley um, revolutionarily changed the lyrics of the coup as a renowned political hip-hop band. Okay. So, yeah, man, they've been around for a while. Interesting. I like that intro. Anyway, um, guys, it's been a pleasure <laughs> to entertain you again. Thanks for listening to Can You Confirm That? As always, we're very, very happy that you're here. If you made it to the end, we really appreciate you all. And uh, I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. And uh, maybe you've got Oktoberfest plans. Let us know what you're doing. Uh, we'll put a we'll put a question on the episode, so check that out at Anchor. Our website's on our Instagram, so check that out also on Instagram. At Can you confirm that? If you want to do all of that, you can. It won't cost you a thing. Uh, give us a follow if you're there. That would be awesome. Rob, any final words for our um, new friends here listening? Um, just you know, if you're out October fishing. Remember, water is your friend. Water is your friend. All right. Well, that's that's great words to live by. Even if you're not Oktoberfesting, water is your friend. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next one. We'll chat then.